it's nighttime. I'm a black male. I'm like a dark-skinned black male. I'm walking on the street. People don't see nothing but a shadow. And because there is no understanding or no willingness to understand, you know, then there's just a jump to a reaction. That is a learned behavior. That is a learned reaction. This is CJ Suit. He's a poet and a good friend of mine. CJ was born and raised in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It's his home, but something doesn't feel right. CJ told me he recently went for a walk at night in his old neighborhood. It was the first time in all of my years living in Chapel Hill, Carborough, that I felt unsafe. That at any moment, the lights could turn on in these houses and like someone could call, make a phone call and I'd be like face down on this pavement and I wouldn't have done anything. And I'm like thinking in my head like, like, would I be able to dial 911 fast enough? Like, or who would I call? Would it be good to dial 911 if somebody's already calling 911 on me? Like, you know, like, like, would they, would I be the person who they would come after? Would I get, like, shot if I called the police? <laughs> CJ is not afraid of being robbed or assaulted. He's afraid of being perceived as a threat. And he's afraid because there's no one he can call for help. Calling the police could actually mean more danger. Remember what he just said. Would I be the person who they would come after? Would I get like shot if I called the police? <laughs> would I be shot if I called the police? That's what today's episode is about. From North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC, this is Stories with a Heartbeat. I'm Will McInerney. CJ is well known in Chapel Hill. The local paper once affectionately dubbed him the Poetry Man. He's performed everywhere and taught just about everyone, myself included. And he's never backed away from using his poetry to call it the racism he sees. Nikki Giovanni says black people are the only true Americans because we are the only people who decide to make the best of the nothing we had. Clarification, when I say nothing, I mean the stripping of faith, family, home, land, customs, names. Shall I go on? I shall. Economy, literacy, memory, children, schools, got masters in place of teachers, preachers in place of masters. Shall I go on? I shall. Voice, history, history, music, choice, fertility. CJ says the racism and the lack of comfort he feels from it, well, it fuels his art. But in the wake of yet another series of high-profile killings of black men by the police, something has changed. It feels different. That lack of comfort has turned into a fear now of being misunderstood. And I think it's why I became a poet. You know, it's why I became a writer and a storyteller. It's why it was so powerful for me. It's become very obvious that misunderstanding can turn fatal for folks who look like me in the world. Not like a scuffle, not like we're going to go back and forth, not like I'm going to get tased or hit with a nightstick, 
or anything like that, but I could literally like lose my life in a space that feels that has felt very safe for me for 29 years on a 28 years on the planet, you know? Um, and so I think that's my fear. You know, I think we all want to be understood, but I think for some folks that need for understanding is like conditional. And I think for me, it just is very like life for death right now. In the past, CJ has turned to poetry in these moments. He always says, you gotta fight stigma with stanza. My art is very pro-black, you know? I'm very, like, about talking about my experience as a black male in, like, a white town. You know, I'm from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, as I said, which is, like, if you look at visitors' brochures, you're not gonna see people who look like me as a black man with dreads and, like, you know, who is very brightly clad most of the time, you know? Like... It's not going to be, I'm not what's represented. And so it has always been a survival mechanism for me to speak to what is my experience in this space. And we all carry assumptions. Like, I think poetry dismantles these, like, prejudices and assumptions that we make. Here I am. In a wonderful little college town where true feelings are glossed over with PC wax like the floors and hospitals and the impossibles are made to seem possible between the hellos and how you doings. I feel the hatred brewing as she clutches her purse a little tighter, telling herself, I'm no racist. I have black guy friends. It's just the ones I don't know I'm scared of, as if black men were pit bulls without leashes, the plight of a black man in a white town where he's only good if he's affluent or submissive, speaks proper English, and his clothes fit proper black men. We do that. Like, it's actually a survival mechanism that we have, is to see a thing by its physical characteristics. We hear a thing, we feel a thing, and from that we develop some meaning, whether this thing is safe for us or not. And all of us are doing that all the time when we meet people, when we talk to people, when we enter a space. And what poetry does for me and for the world around me as I've been able to see it is break down all of that. That works. It really does. But if you feel like your life is on the line tonight, what do you do? You think CJ would feel safe in Chapel Hill. It's a small town. His cousin is a cop. His old football coach is a cop. Both of them patrol these streets, but he's still afraid to walk at night. He's afraid his neighbors will see him and become suspicious simply because of the color of his skin. And suspicion will lead them to call the police. And whether you are innocent or guilty, whether you know them or not, CJ fears the police will bring violence to people who look like him. Like he said earlier, in our society, it's a learned behavior. It's a learned reaction. The history of the police is not pretty. The way they were started and founded is not pretty. But as a department, as a sector of our community, they got to do some like undoing. You know, some unlearning of some very, very, like, bad sort of habits around policing, around profiling. 
it's not done for you already just because like you built this task force or this that it's a cultural shift that has to happen and i want police to be like public servants again i always said i want police to be like giving people rides and handing out umbrellas on rainy days that should happen that should be what's happening you know i don't want to feel like crappy when my little cousin true story says in the living room he wants to be a police officer I don't want to feel crappy when my older cousin has become a police officer. You know, like, again, like, police should be bridges. Bridges can't choose sides. You don't, you as an agency don't get to be on the side of the folks with money, which is often the case. Police are protecting property and not people. And I would like for that, to see that shift in a very real way. Alton Sterling, Sandra Bland, Eric Gardner, Philando Castile, a church in Charleston, a pool in Ohio, Mike Brown, Brown is the only color I ever see anymore. Coffee, coffins, dirt, chocolate boy on a hot block, melting into the sidewalk and they watched the puddle for four hours till the sun baked and the boy's body bubbled, just this system of fountain, body-like fondue surrounded by a circle of blue blood bodies, the law, a pointed whittled stick formed especially for this occasion, every word, a soft white marshmallow lie soaked in scorched syrup, brown boy all over their faces, the color of shell casings, and I ask, who is really thugging? I asked CJ, in that moment of fear, a late night walk, the cop shows up, what do you say? It's so funny, and like, having this moment as you ask that question of like, my own kind of learned helplessness in that situation. Even as a poet with so many words, I feel like I'd be silent, you know? And thinking about what I would say is even a like, hard thing to conceptualize there are thousands of things I could say I'm not a crook like I'm not a threat I'm just taking a walk you know like I hope you see me I think in some ways I feel like the moment in the moment is too late you know and while we there on the sidewalk at nighttime, it's too late to do anything on my part and on the cop's part when I'm getting pulled over and decided it's too late to do anything but comply or like to say, here's my papers, I'm legal, I'm free. Are you going to keep walking at night? Oh, yeah, I got to. Even if, you know, like, even if something happened, I'm an artist. I got the platform to talk about it, you know. And even if something happened where I wasn't here, you know, universe forbid, my art would tell a story. Folks who look like me spent too many centuries living in fear. So many times in history, we were like right there on the edge of the victory. We were like right about to do it. We were about to make it. And then folks got really afraid and they went back inside. 
And like, I'm not about doing that. I'm not like, this is not the time. 2016, like my kids, my nephews, not going to deal with this because I decided I was about to go back inside. You know, it's just not, I'm not doing that, you know. So yeah, I'm going to keep walking. Would I be shot if I called the police? Really, ask yourself, would I be shot if I called the police? How quickly can you answer that question? It says a lot about America right now. It says a lot about us. We're going to close with a poem by CJ. It's called Moon Men, and it was recorded at an open mic in Chapel Hill. The room was packed that night, and a large group of young black students were basically sitting on stage with CJ since there were no chairs left. He addressed the poem directly to them. Just a heads up, there is a curse word. Here's the poem. I feel like us black and brown brothers, as people of conscience, are from another planet. Uh, specifically, us black and brown brothers are from the moon. Um, I feel like it's why we feel out of place. It's why people look at us funny. That said to say, I'm somewhere reeling. Out of control, a soul trapped in the body of a human. We brothers be moon men. Wrapped in lunar eclipse skin, a riddle wrapped in swaddling froze with enigma-colored star patterns, a stripe for every clutched wife, every suspected knife when the only concealed weapon was hiding in plain plight and implicit criminality and melanin, but we colored boys be brave. Flee the cage, grab spear, and disappear into the darkness. Darkness is a strange thing. It can all too often be too much of everything to find itself. Too much blame, too much guilt, too much defensiveness, too many fuck yous, not enough love yous. We are misunderstood. Perplexing beings because people often forget we are human or at least dressed like it. This Sunday I wore no tie. Instead I donned sleep wore covers like a cocoon. Picture me black butterfly dreams. My metamorphosis, the only time I get to evolve, really get to solve all my problems. Feel like I don't owe a debt to society that it charged me in the first place. One moment in present presence of being. They say the opposite. They say the opposite. They say the opposite of fear is curiosity. Yet we still confuse them. So much so that they respond with the former fierce, and now there's no one moved to tell us what's right. That a million critics when capitalism reassures Wheezy what he should write. Even if it's wrong, a million different colors concentrated into one song, one soundtrack of a life. Close the case, compress the face into a zip filing cabinet. We don't hear the audio until it hits the radio, or a mother sits across from the quarterback behind glass, clutching receivers like it's two minutes left as the guard screams, two minutes left, and the song has barely started. One more to go through the system similarities. How close Give me liberty or give me death sounds to get rich or die trying when Lady Liberty has always been a laundry shade of green on this plantation where freedom really means you can pay to do as much dirt as you can stick to the blood on your hands. They forget this was never our movie. We just wrote the soundtrack. Yes, we did. People with stolen language lost in transatlantic translation like a piece of Santa Maria driftwood. We learned well, though, that dollars make sense. And since well, they make you smell a little bit too much like you're burning from welfare or a wick. 
A candle with two ends, death or taxes. Government holds the matches, 40 hours of 30 lashes. Fill their pockets or the caskets. They treat us like animals. Like people without families or feelings. Like these systems that tell us after 40, that, that after stolen history, 40 acres and a meal will suffice. Then you get that shit and they still don't treat you right. We are men in a machine, I imagine, that looks like a giant cotton gin. With gears like 28-inch chinnam and tank tires in a furnace Fueled by blood-soaked cotton and fubu t-shirts And when it's all said and done, they throw us away like cheap labor Talk about how we should have been better fathers, better husbands, better brothers When we learned this from you, America Studied your script, the same one Reagan read from The same one Rick Santorum is reading from The same one Doug Charney is reading from And so we wrap ourselves in dreamlike costumes True American apparel Politician pilgrim hand us these presents like blankets and don't get the enigma colored star patterns But we hope the gifts would silence the voices of thousands of lost souls wrapped in the vacuum of the lunar eclipse We brothers be moment That was Moon Men by C.J. Suit. This is Stories with a Heartbeat. I'm Will McInerney. This podcast is a production of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. If you want to hear more of C.J.'s poetry, we have links up on our website, wunc.org slash heartbeat. Our original music is composed by Stephen Levitton, also known as the Apple Juice Kids. Thanks to Sacrificial Poets for the audio from CJ's last poem. This episode was produced by David Brower and me. Want to hear more poetry? Check out episode six of Stories with a Heartbeat, featuring poet G. Yamazawa. You see, the accent, the accent is the mark of an immigrant. It's a ruler with mile-long increments that measures the distance away from home. You can download it now on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find podcasts. From Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I'm Will McInerney.